women of all walks of life to share their upbringings, life lessons learned, experiences, and journeys to come. Uncommon Women speaks on topics that can relate to all women. We share, we listen, we laugh, we cry, and we empower each other to be the best uncommon woman that they can be. Ultimately, we are cultivating a global movement of women supporting women. Women supporting entrepreneurship, relationships, self-love, and so much more. We inspire each other to make an impact on this world for the better. Be sure to like, share, and subscribe to Uncommon Women. Now, finally, grab a seat, get comfortable, and hear from your wonderful host, Shanira and Jenny Lee. Thank you, kings and queens, for tuning in to Uncommon Women. I'm Shanira. And I'm Jenny Lee. And today we have an amazing guest speaker that's going to uh, join us in just a few moments to talk about stereotypes associated with single women. Um, as myself is, uh, I'm a single woman and Jenny Lee, so I am super excited to have um, some girl talk today uh, to just bring awareness of um, society and what they believe and uh, the false uh, predictions of being a woman and the stereotypes that we have upon single women. So uh, before we get into the good stuff today, I wanted to let you know a little bit about um, our guest speaker. Akimia uh, uh, is a critical acclaimed author of single that displaying the top 10 myths of single women. She is an accomplished writer who has appeared on the Fox television network talk show uh, called More. Uh, she's also a former top 100 uh, contributor on Yahoo, a frequent contributor to Mind Body Green. Uh, she's also been featured in the New York Post, uh, Cosmopolitan, and Bustle. And she's also been um, a guest speaker on the TEDx uh, show, uh, well, YouTube show. So thank you so much, Akimia, for coming on today, uh, being a, a part of Uncommon Women. We really appreciate you. And before we get into today's topic, uh, can you let us know a little bit about yourself and how was your life growing up? Well, first, thank you for having me. I love what you guys stand for. So I'm happy to be a part of it. Um, Yeah, a little about me. I've been writing for over a decade now. Um, I started as a sports writer. I was covering the Chicago Bulls for Yahoo Sports. Um, I was born in Gary, Indiana, which if you don't know is right outside Chicago. It's the birthplace of Michael Jackson. That's probably what we're nice. for. <laughs> yeah. yeah, aside from, you know, other less flattering things. But um, so, yeah, I grew up in Gary and I went to school at Valparaiso University. And from there is where I really got my love for writing. And so I was covering the Chicago Bulls and also the Chicago Sky, the WNBA team there. And just the more I write, wrote, the more that I loved it. And it was one of the only things I've ever done that made me feel like I shouldn't be doing anything else. You know, sometimes you have a job where you're doing something and you're like, I don't I, I shouldn't be here. I don't like this. You know, it's about it that doesn't feel right and you know you're not fulfilled writing has been one of the only things i've ever done where i felt like i'm doing what i'm supposed to do and so from the sports writer i started to branch out into other topics started writing books and my most recent one single that dispelling the top 10 myths of the single woman is has easily been the most commercially successful it's an amazon bestseller uh critically yeah. by publishers weekly 
So it really just blew up. And I wasn't that surprised because I feel like when I was writing it, I was like, this is a topic that needs to be addressed because we don't talk about it much, not um, from the standpoint that I'm talking about it as far, you know, a lot of those books are about how to not be single anymore, you know, right. how to find a man, you know, <laughs> there's a lot of books like that, but there aren't many about detaching yourself from your relationship status. So um, it was a labor of love and it's done so well. And I've gotten so much feedback about how, how it's helped people. And that's kind of solidified you know, my belief that I'm supposed to write because it's something that I enjoy, that I'm passionate about, and that I can also use to help people. So that's kind of how I got to where I am today. And I just, you know, I'm happy to be doing something that I actually love. That's awesome. You uh, pointed out a great point, uh, how a lot of books that we read today, you know, focus on the happy ending, the marriage, and mm -hmm. you don't see a lot of books embracing how to enjoy yeah. this life, you know, how to enjoy just being with yourself and being content and whole with yourself before actually getting into um, relationships. And yeah. um, I feel like a lot of people, you know, look down on single women. <laughs> yeah, they, do. they do. And that's why I wrote the book, because I mean, looking down on a woman for that sole aspect of her life, doesn't matter what she's done, what she accomplished, how great of a person she is. It's just that one single aspect of her life overshadows everything else. And of course, you know, we probably all want to have love and have a partner in life. I think we all want that. But I just believe too much emphasis is placed on it to where, like we said, every book is about how to not be single anymore, how to get the guy as though being yeah. is such a horrible experience. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have to be in that predicament anymore. And I was just like, wait a minute. I just, I don't like the fact that, you know, women are so, you know, measured against their relationship status and they're so much more to a woman than who she's with or, you know, what yeah. her relationships that is may or may not say about her. Her title, yeah. right. Mm -hmm. yeah. Let's move yeah. into that. Can you speak on um, the most common stereotypes that single women have? Mm -hmm. um, so we can, you know, branch into a little bit deeper of why, why are these are the most common stereotypes and where does this come into play? Mm -hmm. I think one of the most common stereotypes is that a, a woman who's been single for a significant period of time, whatever that is, is kind of deemed broken. So it's like you learn that she's single and nothing else matters. Like I said, it doesn't matter what she what she's accomplished, where she's been, what she's doing, type of person she is. You hear that she's been single for a couple of years and you automatically think what's wrong with her. You know? Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. One of the main, that's one of the main myths that I think and I wanted to tell is this idea that just because you're single, there is something wrong with you. And I mean, don't get me wrong. I think we all have areas where we can grow. Right. You know, no one is perfect. I'm not saying that, you know, we're all just should just stop, you know, trying to evolve and you see, find our areas for improvement. But we all have that. My issue is this idea that a single woman is profoundly more broken than anyone else. You know, you're a different kind of broken and something needs to be done to rectify this situation of your singleness. And then another common one is that a single woman is profoundly lonely. You know, loneliness is a natural human emotion. <laughs> And just because you're a single woman doesn't mean you're more lonely or desperate than anyone else, you know? The times that I've been single for extended periods have been some of my most professionally and personally fulfilling years of my life. 
Like you can really focus on your dreams and your goals and business. Yep. You want to start no distractions. <laughs> With no distractions, you can focus 100% on yourself and you can really still enjoy life. But there's just this misconception that you can't possibly enjoy your time being single and you must be just like sitting on the couch crying every night because no. you're so lonely. <laughs> so those are probably the top two myths and that I that I think are most common and that I really focused on in the book. Mm. Uh, you brought up a good point. People just always go to the automatic th uh, thinking of that a single woman is lonely. And it's just like, right. me being a single mom is like, you know, single mom on top of being a single, single female, I don't even think about that type of stuff because I'm doing no. so much positive. You're busy stuff. doing other things. Right. Yeah. It's just like, that's the last thing that I'm thinking about. <laughs> right, right, right. And we all get lonely sometimes. You know, that's natural. I know people who slept in the bed with someone every night and still felt lonely. Right. Yeah. So it's not a state that's reserved for a single woman, but that's how it's treated. Yeah. A woman that's that's married or in a relationship and you assume you know that she's happy and she's fulfilled and you look at you know? and assume she must be lonely and desperate you know when that's not always the case you can definitely enjoy your time in your life as a single person and like you said sometimes you have so much going on that you really don't have time to sit around and be lonely because no. you're just you know, you're doing so many things busy you're busy you're busy right <laughs> i know i'm busy <laughs> right, right. And there's more to your life and there's more to who you are than just whether or not you have a partner. Mm -hmm. That's right. Mm -hmm. So um my question is for you. Why is it looked down the why is it look upon the uh, why does it look upon down upon for us women when we're single and living the single life? Mm -hmm. I think a lot of it is indoctrination in the single women and the way that society has led us to believe that like girls should aspire to marriage mm -hmm. and she, I mean a lot of it some of it is overt and then a lot of it is subliminal like all the Disney movies where Prince Charming comes and saves save the saves the princess from being alone or saves her from growing up to be an old maid you know that's presented from to us from a very young age as a goal that we're supposed to pursue so when you get older and you're not doing that and you're not on that path people think there's something wrong because the image that has been set before us is that women are supposed to aspire to marriage and that we are supposed to aspire to the attention of specifically men. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's this image that's been put before before society where, you know, we stay at home and we're just supposed to get married and take care of the family, take care of the kids. And that's been presented as the image of a woman. So when you have a woman who deviates from that is looked at negatively because historically yeah. hasn't been the way women were portrayed. Okay. Um, but now in society, before you even, now in society, a lot has changed. Like you said with the Disney and how we were portrayed a certain way. Now in society is so different because now it's like people are jumping from one relationship to another mm -hmm. and being single as well. But then we we have to get to, we'll have all these rotten apples until we get to the right one. Mm -hmm. All those frogs, kissing all those frogs. <laughs> 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 Yeah, I you know, 
that's been a topic of conversation a lot lately because it, because that is more of a newer trend where because you know back in the day you you got with someone you fell in love you got married you stayed together but now it's like people are waiting longer and longer to get married longer and longer to settle down and we do seem to have less of a tolerance for relationships or we get bored or whatever the case may be so I don't know, but at the same time, I don't know that it's necessarily a bad thing because I also think back in the day we got with the first person that we liked or fell in love with or the who wanted to be with us, even if we knew that we weren't compatible or even if we knew it wasn't the right situation or they treated us poorly or there were all these red flags and reasons not to marry that person. We did it anyway because we thought that's what we were, that's what we were supposed to do. So from that standpoint, I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing to shop around, so to speak. And if it doesn't feel right, you're saying, you know, this isn't right. I'm going to move on. I don't, you don't have to commit to a mistake just because, you know, you're with the person for a long time or you're getting older or whatever the case may be. You know, if you feel like it's not right and this isn't someone you're spending your life with, I don't think there's much shame in moving on instead of just sticking out that situation for appearances may be and ending up miserable yeah i agree with that definitely because like you said like back in the day it was like i, I seen that growing up you know you, you see somebody they fall in love they're together for years and then probably about 15 20 years later they didn't work out and they're getting a divorce mm -hmm. so now times now it's taking much longer i mean i've been single five years and it's been by choice because i haven't really met the right person to come along. Mm -hmm. I'm not just going to jump into another relationship to deal with all the mm -hmm. crap that comes along with it. So I'd rather just wait until the good Lord sends me someone that's compatible with me. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You don't, I feel like your life is too precious and these yep. that we have are too precious to spend them unhappy, you know? So if you don't, if you're not happy in a relationship and this isn't what you're looking for or what you want, I don't ever want women to feel the need to settle or to compromise just to have that marriage or to have that family because people are pressuring them or you feel the pressure from society to settle down. I think at the end of the day, what matters most is your happiness. And if it's not right, it's not right. But that so often isn't the case where we do just we get with people because we want to be married. And so you choose someone who's willing to marry you and the relationship, you know, it's a mess from the start. <laughs> you know, <Yeah. laughs> you just stay in it. And to me, to me, there's nothing admirable about being married for 40 years if you are miserable. Happy, happy. If you're miserable for <laughs> those 40 years, I'm not impressed by that. You know what I'm saying? So it, it does take some, it takes some courage to say that, you know, I'm going to wait for what I want and what I deserve and to yes. to come to you. And I also believe, you know, being as though time has changed, there is a lot of more um, successful women. Um, back then, a lot of women had to depend on uh, the man to provide and be yeah. you know, a provider for the household and uh, bring some type of security for the household. Mm -hmm. And as time has revolved, we have more successful women Mm -hmm. uh, you know, working and balancing things out um, and relationships. And a lot of women aren't, you know, just settling for the sake of 
being in um, relationships because of the kids or, mm -hmm. you know, settling because you're married. Um, mm -hmm. And that takes a, that takes away your identity when you do things like that. Yeah. 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 A lot of times, I mean, that is how it was. You couldn't women, a lot of women couldn't afford to be on their own, you know, right. or not be married. So I love that that's changed too, where we are getting out there and, you know, starting businesses and getting start and having lucrative careers and getting degrees and all these other things so that we can sustain ourselves so that you can choose to be single because you don't need someone to take care of you. Because a lot of times that is, that's how it's happened. You know, you marry someone for, fun, not not exclusively for financial reasons, but he takes care of the household. He takes care of you. So it's like, you take a lot of, you take a lot of crap from that person yep, you do. because you don't want to struggle and you really can't go anywhere because financially you're not in a position to go anywhere. So I do think that's part of it where we've become more self-sufficient, more financially independent to where we can be selective and we can be picky and you can't yep. do with any old thing and expect us to take it because we don't have to. And mm -hmm. I, yeah, I think that makes a lot of men feel threatened too, because now you have to bring more to the table than just financial stability. Right. You know? So let, let's get into that. How do you feel about, you know, that saying of, you know, successful women feeling like they don't need a man, quote unquote, mm -hmm. what is your perspective on that stereotype for single women? Mm-hmm. It's definitely a stereotype, but I think it stems from that whole idea about a woman being self-sufficient and being able to hold her own and being independent. And to be honest, I don't want someone to feel like they need me. You know, I want you to want me, you know, and to choose me. Yeah. That's why I do think it's threatening to that sense of security that maybe a lot of men had to where, you know, you come in, you take care of a woman, she's yours. You you commit all these you know betrayals and and do all this stuff and you you still come home to her because you're taking care of her she's not she's not going anywhere so but to say and I I rarely hear a woman flat out say I don't need a man <laughs> and if she does <laughs> you know and if she does right. is, if she does say it, it is given this negative connotation like you're supposed to need a man. And that's not, I don't think that's fair or accurate. You know, who says that you're supposed to need a man? Like, as a woman, you know, I want a partner. You should want someone to share your life with. And when you choose that person, it should be because that's who you want to share your life with, not because you need that person. So the whole yeah. idea of it and presenting that as a negative thing is is flawed, I think, to begin with. Mm -hmm. I definitely agree because I think any relationship is supposed to add on to. It's not yep. supposed to yes. be something that you need to survive. You know, mm -hmm. it's supposed yeah. to be some type of balance to add on to your whole. Yeah, mm -hmm. add on, add on to you. yeah, add on to your yeah. add on to your sense of fulfillment. You know, add on to you know your life's purpose and everything that you experience. It, sh it can't be the source of it. No. Yeah. Yeah. That is uh that is important. Adding on and sometimes like when you're with certain people, you know, when you're with someone that that subtracts from that, it just it doesn't go too well at all. Yeah, it doesn't go too well. It diminishes your sense of self, it diminishes mm -hmm. your self esteem. 
you know, you kind of that's where you where it comes from when you hear women say that they lost themselves in someone because you start just catering to this person and their needs and what they want. And you lose what who you are and what you like to do in the sense that your needs are important, too. So that's why it is. It is very important that that person adds to your life and is not the source of all that's good in your life. Yeah. So can you share some tips on how we can dig deep into loving ourselves, even as we're single women? Mm -hmm. I think you have to embrace it. Number first and foremost, I think why it may be hard sometimes is going too fast. You know, you give up on it too fast. When you're single, you're immediately thinking about the next relationship or finding someone else. And you don't take that time to just be with yourself. Mm. I think that's the first thing is to embrace your singleness. And that's not to say that you have to have this attitude like I don't want nobody. And <laughs> you don't have to be that way. And that, that's not the same as embracing your singleness. It's just finding ways to enjoy that time alone. Yeah. You know, figure out, figure out what you like. You know, take some classes, take some painting classes, go to yoga, learn how to play piano, do something. Yeah. You'll be surprised what you discover about yourself. But all of that is a part of learning to love yourself. If you never spend time with yourself, if as soon as you're out of one relationship, you're looking to get into another one as fast as you can, right. you never really learn who you are and you can't learn a person that you don't know. You know, so you have to take the time to get to know who you are, embrace your singleness, even when it's hard, even on the nights that you're lonely, you still have to take you still have to really try to enjoy that time and not view it as a negative. And the more that you learn about yourself, the more time that you spend with yourself, you'll naturally start to love yourself more because there's a lot about you to love. But it's yeah. just so buried underneath being someone's wife or someone's girlfriend or someone's partner and looking for this other person that you never take the time to really explore who you are. When you do that, mm -hmm. you'll, you'll naturally start to love yourself more because you start to learn more about yourself to love. Mm, yeah, that's like becoming the best version of yourself, mm -hmm. you know, digging deep in that potential and, and working out on those wounds and, and healing and those, mm -hmm. you know, like you said, we have so much in, but sometimes, and like you said, people jump into these relationships and I, I've seen it quite too often, you know, uh, and you see, believe me, I can, I can't even count off how many Facebook posts I see month yeah. after month and and I'm just like girl and you know and and I'll be the one to like comment I try yeah. not to, but you know I'll be like I say something I'm very hobbling I'll say something you know but I'm not gonna sit there and say hey leave I, I just say you know know your worth girl you know yeah yeah. yeah yeah I think we all see it all the time and that's like I said, that's part of why self-love sometimes feels difficult because mm -hmm. we haven't taken the time to learn this self that we're supposed to be loving. So that's step number one is to find ways to enjoy your time alone instead of spending that time wishing you weren't alone or trying not to be alone. You know, and everything will happen in due time. You'll meet someone again. You'll go on a date again. You'll like someone again. You'll fall in love. But that time that you're alone, just really try to embrace that. And like I said, take some classes, learn something new, start journaling, start going for walks, you know, whatever. Just fill that time with things and activities that force you to spend time with yourself so that you can start to embrace your loneliness and embrace who you are 
And that will naturally, you know, help you love yourself more. Yeah, stop filling those voids with the wrong thing. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or feeling sorry for yourself. You know? mm-hmm. there's, still, there's so much life to live and you can't stop living it just because you don't have a partner. Wow. Jenny, you, you pointed out a good point. Um, I do believe a lot of people, you know, try to fill a void. And um, I think that's where uh, people get um, accustomed to bouncing from one relationship mm-hmm. to the next relationship and not really necessarily knowing who they are because mm-hmm. when you're not grounded in who you are, you're starting to bounce from one person to the to the to the next and then you're also compromising in regards to your full identity mm-hmm. without mm-hmm. knowing who you are because you haven't yeah. taken time to date yourself. <laughs> yeah, basically, yeah. That's true. Yeah, absolutely. You don't know who you are and therefore you don't really know what you want from these relationships or from mm-hmm. these partners. That's why you're you kind of just get into this cycle of just accepting whoever comes into your life and accepting whatever they bring because you never really took the time to learn yourself and subsequently you don't know what you want. You don't know what you're looking mm-hmm. for in your partner. You know, you so you kind of just latch on to whoever comes along. Now. And I even think like being single, um, we did talk about this before coming on earlier. Um, I think you need to find a goal, a goal and what you want as a single woman. And if you want to get married or how you want to base, base your life on, I mean, you could be single for the rest of your life if that's what you want. You mm-hmm. know, women are content being single and really don't want a partner. Yeah. You know, just, you know, they do things to keep their life busy and fulfilled. You know, like my goal is to eventually get married. So I see that. So that's why I'm single because I have a goal and some people don't have that goal. That's why they, they be like, they just want somebody in their life to love them. Mm-hmm. But it's not just about them loving you. Like it's about loving yourself mm-hmm. and then feeling those voids. That's not helping. It's just calling, it's just causing another chaotic relationship to another. And it just gets you all mixed up and all it, it turn it basically gets you crazy because you know <laughs> it makes you crazy, and you gotta find that balance too. Being a single woman again is just finding the goal and what it is that you really want. Is it marriage? Is it just being single, fulfilling your life? Is it just being a single mom, having? Because you know there's types of a whole bu- different kind of women nowadays, especially in society now. There's single women where they don't have. You know, a husband, but go and still have, you know, they'll sit there and still have a child without having a man in it. Because there's like in vitro, there's so many things that you could do now that we don't necessarily need a man, what they say. But, you know, but a lot of women live that way where they're single and have kids without the man there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's important that the person you're with shares your goal. Because mm-hmm. I think that's where a lot of people go wrong. So you know what you want. Like, if you know you want to be married, you can't be in a relationship with someone who's unsure if they want to be married or yeah. tells you they don't want to be married. But a lot of times we'll, you will lie to ourselves and say, oh, you know, he'll change. The more he loves me, mm-hmm. I'm in love and I can change his mind. Look, like, it's like my yeah. Yeah. Tell you who who they are. You better believe it. They don't want to be married. You better believe them. If they tell you they're not sure if they want to be married, you better believe that. 
and know that that uncertainty could turn into a no. And so you have to decide if that's something you want to do, but you have to be honest with yourself. And yeah. if you know that's what you want, then you can't put yourself in these situations that contradict what you know you want, you know? Mm -hmm. I think that's where a lot of people go wrong too, is just, just to have someone you'll get into this relationship when your values don't align, what you right. want relationship or what you want from life doesn't align. And then we wonder why we're unhappy a couple years later. Yeah. Do you think that the ratio of uh, single women um, is overpopulated or outnumbered by the healthy single men? That is a good question. And, you know, and I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Wow, that's a really good question. Like, could that be, could that contribute to being single because there's just not enough out there, right. you know, who are, who do offer that healthy partnership and who shares your goals and your values. I mean, it's definitely possible because it goes back to what I was saying about societal views and upbringing. Like women are taught to aspire to marriage. Men are taught to aspire to have women, you know? Mm -hmm. So there's two different teachings. And so it's like, so we're expecting these women who are aspiring to marriage to get with these men who are aspiring to something else. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it, that very well may, could be the case. You, you know, like men are kind of high five and applauded for being a ladies man and for yeah. women, but we're called something else you know <laughs> we have a lot of men and a lot of partners so we grow up we are brought up with two different outlooks on love and marriage and taught to aspire to different things so i'm i'm sure that's caused a conflict and a break in the way that we communicate because in in essence we grew up with two different mindsets and wanting to right. And so that can't help but cause some conflict. Yeah, it does. It does cause a lot of conflict. Um, and I think like, I mean, I've been in that situation myself <laughs> and it's, it's not a nice uh, thing <laughs> at all. You know, no, it's not at all. But. Yeah. So what inspires you? <laughs> um, What inspires me mm -hmm. is I would say number one, just being of service. Um, that inspires me, making a difference, making a change. That's kind of what inspired me to write the book was because I wanted, and that inspires all of my writing, to be honest. I don't often write things that don't come from a place of meaning. Like I like to write things that mean something that could help someone or that addresses an issue, you know, feel seen. and and things along those lines. So I, I would say I'm most inspired by the opportunity to be of service. Okay. Now with you uh, writing, are you still in the, uh, the uh, sports illustration of writing for sports? No, um, I started with Yahoo Sports and I did that for a while and I wrote for a couple of sports magazines and then I've kind of got away from it. My writing career evolved into other things where now I, might I write mostly about life and love and happiness and being a woman, you know, things along those lines. And I still enjoy sports. It's just become not as big of a part of my writing as it once was. Okay. So I have a, a question piggybacking off of that. Okay. <laughs> um, did, is there a lot of women in that field of 
writing uh, sports illustrations? Did you get a lot of feedback mm -hmm. in regards to that from being um, a woman yourself? No, there weren't a lot of women. Sometimes I would go to cover games and I would be the only woman. Okay. On, oh, wow. Yeah, <laughs> in the press box or on the press table or in the locker room, you know, talking to players. I think it's gotten a lot better now. Okay. A few years ago when I was doing it, yeah, it wasn't uncommon for me to go and be the only woman. I, honestly, I was shocked if there was ever another woman, you know? <laughs> it's a male-dominated field, mm -hmm. you know, so I was oftentimes the only woman. Mm -hmm. And during that process, now that that brings up my next question. Do you, do you believe or do you feel that um, men are intimidated by very attractive, successful women? That's another good question. <laughs> I would love to ask a man that question, although I don't think they would be completely truthful. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and honestly, they may not even know if they do feel intimidated by, you know, strong, attractive women. They may not even know that they feel intimidated, but there's something about them that that kind of turns them off. You know what I'm saying? Or that they're not attracted and they may not necessarily know why or believe that's the reason, but it could be because, I mean, like I said, a lot of it is just indoctrination and men have been trained to, you know, to be the strong one and protect mm -hmm. them and come mm -hmm. and take care of the household. And that's the man being the man. So if right. you come across a woman who can hold her own and handle her own, some part of you may feel threatened and that can, you know, make you a little fearful of talking to that woman. But I would love to get a man's take, but like I said, I don't know. <laughs> we'll have to bring a man on one day to answer that question. <laughs> yeah, I don't know that they would be completely honest or if they even really know that that's the case. <laughs> I think when a man, I, I think you can tell when a man kind of like, when you ask him that question, they kind of have like that, that silence. <laughs> that like, they're trying to think like okay what can i say should i really be honest <laughs> right but i love it though i love it though even if they don't answer truthfully or they don't know the answer i just love asking those type of questions so that they think about it and now the next time you come across a woman who you consider attractive and strong and kind of independent, you'll think about that mm -hmm. and check yourself. Like, am I intimidated by this woman? Am I shying away from her because I'm threatened by her success or mm -hmm. you know her standing? So I think even if they don't know the answer or don't provide a truthful answer, just asking them the question makes them think about it the next time they're in the situation. Mm -hmm. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> so is there anything that you would love to share or express to women who are single? I think the number one thing I would love to express to women who are single and even women who aren't is that you are more than a relationship status. That's the, mm -hmm. that's the entire point that I was getting across in the book. It's not to encourage women to be single or stay single or saying you don't need nobody. It's, it's not that. It's just trying to encourage you to detach your sense of self-worth from your relationship status, because oftentimes it is tethered to where when we're single, we think less of ourselves and we hesitate to say that about ourselves because we feel 
that it has some kind of negative connotation and it makes us a little self-conscious like there is something wrong if we're single. And on the flip side, if we're with someone or we're married, we feel better about ourselves. Even if the relationship is unhealthy, you know, and we're un post a picture with someone on social media or post a picture of a ring, you know, it makes us feel better about ourselves. Like, look, somebody wants me, but, and we don't even consider the health of the relationship or if it's what we even want. Mm -hmm. I say either way, just detach your sense of self-worth from your relationship status. You are a whole and innately valuable person with and without a partner. And when we believe that and we start to carry ourselves though that way we'll make choices that align with that outlook mm, I, like that. I totally agree and that's that's just a part of like we said the foundation of loving yourself mm -hmm, exactly of being whole you know exactly um, i totally exactly. agree with that so let's let's dive deep into you know what you do um can you share uh, your business and uh, just express with us today about the book that you've written for stereotypes uh, mm -hmm. for single women so that we can uh, get some of our viewers to go out there and uh, purchase the book. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, Single That Dispelling the Top 10 Myths of the Single Woman is available on Amazon.com, on BarnesandNoble.com, any online major bookseller, you know, wherever you get your books. I've also gotten more into speaking. Like you said, I just did a TEDx talk. If you Google, put my name and TEDx into YouTube, the video will come up, you can watch that. And that's basically what I'm focusing on right now is my writing and the book and you know my speaking engagements. I'm actually working on my next book, which will be um, for daughters who grew up without fathers. Mm. Yeah, so that was my again. I feel like that's another topic that we don't really touch on. We right. talk about how not having yeah. yeah, but we don't talk about how it affects girls and women unless we're saying, you know, well, saying a woman has daddy issues and that's why she's loose or promiscuous or whatever you want right. to call it. But yeah. it's a lot deeper than that and it's a lot more to it than that. So that's going to be my next book. But yeah, for now, um, like I said, single that is on Amazon. You can grab it there. It's also on Audible if you prefer audiobooks. And yeah, just that in my speaking is really the the focus of my work right now. That's great. Thank you so much for coming on and um, sharing your goodies and sharing the info. Hopefully, uh, some um, single women um, came on this evening and heard what you had to say, but we also have one question we ask all our guest speakers. Okay. What makes you uncommon? <laughs> well, I think just my outlook in general makes me uncommon. And not to say that there are other women who feel this way, because I get the sense that you two are comfortable in your singleness and you don't feel <laughs> defined by it. But I still think that we're in kind of the minority in this outlook. Um, even if like I said, you don't always admit that you feel that way, but I do believe that my view kind of makes makes me uncommon in that I don't I don't even have I know we were talking about goals and things like that, but I'm more of a person that tries to live in the present moment. Mm -hmm. What happens for me, what doesn't happen for me, I just want to embrace that and I'm going to live a fulfilled life with or without this person, with or without children, with or without this happening. And that's kind of the way I approach life. And I would say that may make me uncommon because like I said, as a woman, we do often 
aspire to those things. And not to say there's not anything wrong with it. There's no wrong or right. It's just, you know, whatever works for you. Mm, I like that. I like that. So uh, viewers, make sure you guys check out our, uh, uh, our self-love apparel. And also if you want to be a guest speaker, or if you know anyone that wants to be a guest speaker, you can go on to www.uncommonwomen.net as well as if you have any topics, any comments. Um, you can also uh, email us at uncommonwomenpodcast at gmail.com. Also, make sure you check out our YouTube channel, like and subscribe, comment on there. Um, and then not only that, make sure you tune in next week, um, next Thursday on the 9th at 6 p.m. for our new um, guest speaker. And stay uncommon. Bye -bye. Thank you for having me. Mm-hmm. <laughs>